covering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects with people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today, myself, is your nerdy tutor, George, and with me here today, my mother of mothers, my mom. Mother of mother, because Mother's Day is coming up. It's very close. Yeah. Uh, and so, we're not going to talk about a mother, but we're going to talk about probably the, mon- the mother of all monsters. We're going to talk about uh, King Kong. Oh, an, an absolutely fantastic topic. Yes, because the newest Godzilla versus King Kong has just come out in theaters here. In we're recording this about mid-April. It's came out in March thirty-first. Now it's available. You know, now this is if you're listening to this in the future. This is pandemic. In, this is still in the middle of of COVID pandemic. So it's released in theaters, but it's also released on HBO Max. I as have well. one vaccine. I, I have my first shot. And I'm waiting. I'm in line to get mine. Oh, very good. Yes. So um, so right now, you could go to the theaters and theoretically watch it, or you can watch it from home if you have an HBO Max account, which is kind of like Disney Plus. Okay. Um, so there are options to wanting to watch this if you want to, and the will be, it will be part of the homework. Um but if you don't want to get a full HBO subscription you for even just a month, there are other alternatives like watching it in the movie theater if you want to. Although that might be a lot more difficult for some people, obviously, assuming pandemics. I will say AMC is open. Mm-hmm. They have um, distance seating and because I am an AMC member. Um, and I think I'm getting ready. I have my, my second shot coming up. Um, I think I'm getting ready to go to the theaters. All righty. So let's get you up and ready for King yeah. Kong. So King Kong, we're primarily talking about the giant gorilla. Mm-hmm. He's originally created in 1933 by a gentleman by the name of Miran C. Cooper. Now, uh, this is a gentleman who has been fascinated by primates for all of his life. And and mind you, I have I have actually gone primate tracking. Yes, you have. In Uganda. Mm-hmm. Chimps and, and gorillas. These are more of the gorillas. Is it? Sat an hour with, with a family of gorillas. Saw a, I saw a YouTube video on this really kind of bizarre-looking chimp that or primate that looks almost like a plush animal. There are there are some... The baby gorillas look almost like a plush animal. Actually. Oh, no. This one looked like a like at least an adult. Wow. It was really kind of it was kind of cool, but kind of also just kind of alien looking as well. For uh, a little I, bit. I I like my primates, except I can tell you that I I've, I've seen them um, eat lizards, and it's not fun. It's not pretty. Well, you get your protein where you can. Yeah, I was basculus, and I felt sorry for it. Um, so yeah, so created by Marin C. Cooper uh, for the, obviously the title movie of King Kong. With Fay Ray. With Fay, yes. Um, he actually came up with the idea. He's been a big fan. He was originally a big fan of primates initially, and then after his uh, 1929 movie, The Four Feathers, uh, decided that he wanted to do his next movie about primates. And upon uh, landing at RKO, which was a big, big, big movie thing, big old time studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he he eventually landed. Um, you know, decided that he was going to make his. You know, we're going to make this monster huge. And as a result of making him huge, came some interesting notions. He actually thought of the ending before he ever came up with the rest of the movie. Oh, really? Yes. So the idea of climbing the New York li- New- the New York Life Insurance Building here mm-hmm. is a, uh, I had the notes here. New York Insurance Building, excuse me, um, and fighting off warplanes was originally a part of his. Um, which is which is what he envisioned at the end of the day. Now he originally envisioned his monster being like forty to fifty feet tall, but for the purposes of carrying a human being, they ended up deciding to shrink it down to about anywhere from eighteen to twenty five feet tall at the end of the day. He was still big. He was still it's still a big monkey. Um and so again, um even more interesting here is that Cooper liked the idea of King Kong fighting dinosaurs as well, which is a hallmark later on that to Godzilla, I think. But that that's actually a very interesting story as far as um, later on. Um, and even the name of King Kong is actually kind of a little bit of a, a misnomer here because, again, 
Um, originally, in original screenplays for this, that when they were first fashioning the story, he was just known as The Beast, which was not a very fancy name at all. Um, they eventually tried to change it to Jungle King, which the studio didn't like at all. Um, and so there was a number of different options that the studio kept kind of giving him. One of the names was Kong that he liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a number of docudramas that were coming out at the time were just single word things and he didn't want him to get, kind of get blurred in with them at all. So he came up with King Kong to kind of differentiate it at the end of the day. Um, and this is where we get, you know, King Kong at the end of the day. Again, I mean, the 19th... So, so unlike so many of our monster creations, which are sort of envisioned in other, other places like Japan... Mm-hmm. This one is American-made. Yes, very much American-made. Um, and, you know, for, for all for all my research here, there's, like, no major allusions to, you know, to, like, anything, really. I mean, like, there's no, like, greater sort of, um, you know, allusions to it. It's just a man who wanted to make a giant monkey movie. Very cool. I wonder why he chose the... the, the uh... New York Insurance Building, rather than like the Empire State Building, because at the time the New York the New York Insurance Building was the tallest building in the world. Oh, okay. So the so the Empire State Building um, hadn't yet been built, I believe. Well, because I because I was going to say I don't know I I've been I've been on the top of it, which was very cool. Although you and I have been on taller because the building we went up in Tokyo was is taller. Mm-hmm. That was very cool. So. Empire State Building. Let's see here. When, when were you built? It's a. It's such a cool building. We're both. We're both sitting here with our phones. We we live in an amazing time that we can. Uh, we, so can we can do just that. pull up this information. Yeah. Um, so at the time, it was eventually it became the tallest building in 1931. But at the time when they were developing it here, New York and Life Insurance Building was the tallest, and I think. They ended up maybe changing it to the Empire State Building eventually in the end. Yeah, because I mean, the Empire State Building is just so iconic for New York. Oh, yeah. And it's so Art Deco. and, and It's got that cool kind of gothic exterior and that yeah, pretty building. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, interestingly, you know, let's go over some of the fictional history of it here. Okay. Um, so, the fictional history, when I, uh, I mean is for the original version of King Kong, will Talk a little bit more about the legendary version, mm-hmm. uh, which is the new, newer movies that have come out here recently in the last four year, four or five years here now. Okay. Um, but Are we re- going to talk about the Jessica Lange version? There was a version of King Kong very popular in the 70s oh, okay, with so Jessica Lange as the uh, Yes, so that's, that's the remake the remake in 1976. Yeah. I didn't know the actress's name. I apologize. Oh, yeah. Um, so King Kong himself uh, comes is a obviously a very massive primate with a lot more human qualities, such as the ability to kind of walk upright a little bit better, um, a less kind of pronounced paunch and less arc, um, arched back to him at the end of the day. So he's got because originally when uh, Cooper was designing him, is more of a mix of a primate and a human, and they eventually kind of leaned more toward the primate sort of side but kept some of the qualities of a human um in there like again the reduced sort of back hump a little bit less of a paunch in the front and obviously the ability to kind of walk upright unencumbered as we're you know uh, primates are not no well known for doing that typically yeah um and so king kong comes from the eponymous skull island henceforth name because of skull island being the Skull in the island that was there, and yeah. also originally known as Skull Mountain Island, um, but just always later. seems sort of pirate-like. A little, yeah. Yeah. Um, now keep in mind the original 1933 movie never actually named the the island at all. Actually, the novelization that came out two months before the movie did. Oh. So, um, in the movie, it's just the island that's there. Okay, so back up here. So there's there's a novel that's issued. For the movie, but before the movie. Yes, so it came out two months. I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading it here. It says it came out two months prior to the movie. Cool. Sort of like, sort of like uh, Happy Meal twice. Yeah, kind of like that, you know. Yeah. Um, so this island is a again a weird, mysterious island covered in fog, typically, 
um, but is the home to obviously King Kong and lots of prehistoric animals at the end of the day, you know, so including dinosaurs, mammoths, and other, you know, creatures of that nature. The island also originally was the host of a very highly civilized culture at one point that helped build walls, presumably to keep the animals in, but also to keep other people out. So that way these these didn't um, get out at the end of the day. Are we Polynesian? Um, yeah, because by 1933 it would have been foreign. And anything that's foreign would have been weird and mystique and... It's, there's a weird trapping sort of law, sort of nature in, especially in literature, where um, we think of other, you know, it, from a Western standpoint of view or an Anglo-Saxon white person of view at the end of the day, uh -huh. that other cultures that are not of a European descent are by nature primitive and, you know, like how dare they have not advanced to this particular point. When we realistically look back, you know, you have the Mayans, you have, you know, ancient, you know, if, even if you just look across to the West in Japan, you know, like by the 1700s here, Japan had, you know, figured out, you know, sword making and guns and all this other stuff here, been in their own very similar version of technology for what we were. So they're not like savages on any particular level, which has ended up being a big criticism of Western media because everyone... Because we trope. tend to think... You know, yeah, it's a trope. Well, I mean, it's interesting because I'm reading a book right now on um, medieval world, not medieval Europe, medieval world. And one of the first points it makes is is we have this tendency, because the Romans referred to anything that wasn't Roman as a barbarian, um, to think that the Western world is civilized and everybody else is behind rather than the Western world is civilized and everybody else is civilized too. They're just civilized differently. Yeah. And and the book makes a point of talking about the the evolution of our perceptions of uh, uh, other cultures during during ancient times. Mm -hmm. It's it's an interesting notion because you're absolutely right. Yeah. And same it, still exists today. It does, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the most favorite example here probably is going to be slavery. At the end of the day, if only because you know it was the understanding or or rationale at the time to say that you were going to take. African-Americans and you were, you know, if you wanted to make yourself feel better about the fact that you were enslaving and that, oh, well, you are, you are bringing, you know, you're civilizing, you know. You're civilizing offering them culture, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because in some forms, um, slavery still exists. Mm hmm You know, unfortunately at the end of the day, and it's yeah. one of those things where um, just the controlling nature of it is just, you know, just unpleasant on all, and on various levels. But again, I mean, from our vantage point here, we have the vantage point of hindsight and perhaps a right. different look at stuff versus what other people had at it back in the day. It's kind of hard to throw shade at them when. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, I think I think um, people refer to it as an evolution of thought. I think of of um, I don't think of it as enlightened, but but a realization mm -hmm. of, of of what reality really was because perception perception is everything. Oh yes, absolutely. And and you see it. I mean, you see a lot in in movies from the. From the the twenties and thirties um, and forties that are reflective of of the of the time period and the the culture that they were that they were done in. Yep. So so is this an Atlantic Ocean island, a Pacific Ocean island, or we don't know? It's um it's it's hard to say. I want to say it's probably Pacific, um, because of the way the tribe is more Polynesian and in yeah. nature versus um. Immediately, I wouldn't know what would be more uh, Atlantic sort of thing because there's not a huge amount of islands in between. There are the, islands there... off the coast of coast of Africa. True, yeah. Um, On both sides. And, and, and again, it could be... Would love it, to go to Madagascar. I hear there's yeah. penguins from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it's... I think the film tried to keep it vague, but again, by the nature of it, it was yeah. probably more Polynesian and... African influenced yeah. than anything else. Yeah. Um, and this again, culture here was uh, again was highly civilized and somehow got degraded at some point here and has become more not necessarily savage. I think is the best way to determine. It, but for 1933, they would have been considered. It would have been considered yeah. like yeah. you know savage. Like they have spears. Undeveloped. Ooh. Yeah. 
spear is a good technology to have, but poor. They don't even know how. They don't even know how a gun works. Oh. Yeah. So, um, King Kong himself. The size of King Kong has differed over the centuries, um, or from the various films. Now, again, take a wild guess how many King Kong films there are. Five. There's actually less than a dozen. And like three of them are animated. Really? But there's no, yeah, but there's not a lot of King Kong stuff out there at all. Well, the Fay Ray one was really famous and and got reshown. I mean, I can remember seeing it on TV um, during the '60s. You know, it was a famous film and, mm-hmm. and considered quite quite incredible for its for for, for its, its time. time. Yeah. Um, and um, and the Jessica Lange version, the, the the '70s version. Yep. Quite popular. Very popular. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So keep in mind the 1933 version. Did you know there was a second movie that came out nine months later? No. Oh yes. Um, the second movie here is uh, Son of, of of Kong. It's interesting because Godzilla had had a bunch of Godzillas. You could watch a Saturday matinee of Godzillas. Oh yes. Um, so actually, that's actually kind of famous here. So, what's been interesting about um, Godzilla here at the end of the day, or excuse me, King Kong here at the end of the day, has been the rights over him. Oh, okay. So, um, so famously what ended up happening was is that in 1962, RKO uh, licensed King Kong to Toho Pictures, which did, which is the people who did Godzilla at the end of the day. Um, and so there were two Godzilla films, um, or there were two films that the Japanese had created here. There's, King Kong films, yeah. So there's King Kong versus Godzilla, and then there's King Kong Escapes. Um, King Kong versus Godzilla is obviously the first time either of them met. Um, but keep in mind that it's also it's also almost been nearly thirty years since King Kong had been in a movie. Well, and I and I just got done saying that I remember seeing the Fay Ray version during the sixties. That may be why. Mm-hmm. I'm almost certain. Wise. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost certain that it was. Um, it's also the first time that either King Kong or Godzilla were in color. So, that, so I think that's an interesting note here. Um, some of the major differences with King Kong, though, is that um, he comes from an island called the Faro Island, which is opposed to the Skull Island. Um, he's able to absorb electricity. Don't have a good understanding of why on that one. Well, you'd have to though, because if you're if you're walking in downtown New York, you you've got lamp posts and all these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's also a hundred feet tall to mirror the same size as what Godzilla would be, um, because originally King Kong was only about eighteen to twenty five feet tall originally in the nineteen thirty three movie. So in the Toho version here, they've they've scaled them up because again, if you're only about a quarter of the size of what is Godzilla, that's not entirely a fair fight and also not easily filmable oh yeah because the scale won't work yeah all right unless you you know use a lot of very deceptive puppetry well and and you gotta think of it in terms of floors because in older buildings floors are, are 12 feet floor to ceiling mm-hmm. stacked um in newer buildings they're they're 15 to 16 um so that's not that many stories no but again i mean like for and again i mean Looking at like, so even if we go back to what was Godzilla when we looked at him from you know, like Shin Godzilla as an example, uh-huh. like he was probably as tall as like a fifteen-story building. Yeah, you know, and I imagine that would probably be what would be more common size of buildings having like ten plus floors and not be normal. Would um, or would at least for us at least would be about typical at the end of the day. Um, but as you get to, but that puts him like like two hundred and thirty feet tall. True. It, the real problem that you typically have with like, you know, that you would have with that size of a building though, is going to be the streets. Because yeah. if you, they're too narrow for him to get. There would be they'd be way too narrow, too narrow yeah. in a lot of cases for you yeah. to even yeah. travel down. If you well, were I mean, not. the coolest thing about King Kong really is is is, in terms of scale with skyscrapers doesn't matter because he can climb them mm-hmm. godzilla can't climb them no and again well the, i guess godzilla well you, he could climb them but again like i don't think not, it would it's support not, it it's not it's, yeah it's not like like king kong king no. kong can definitely climb yeah and king kong in the case of it if he's in the 1933 version where he's only about 
18 to 25 feet tall, then it's a lot more of an easier thing because the building will probably be able to support well, some of that Well, he climbs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, again, it's he does. It's famous. It's famous for that climbing, that yeah. one scene. Yeah. Uh, so again, so at some point here in the mo- in this movie here, the two of them are fighting on different portions of the of the continent here, and somehow they capture King Kong, and put him at the very top of at the summit of Mount Fuji, and him and Godzilla duke it out on Mount Fuji. Oh, how cool is that? And there's no clear winner because they both fall into the ocean. Only King Kong comes up okay, to the top. Okay, can we back up here? Mount Fuji isn't near the ocean. It's not. It technically, no, it's not. We've been there. Um, it's it's on a lake. You so, can fall into the lake, but it's not near the ocean. You could get to the ocean relatively easy, though. Okay. I I, I mean within reason. I have to look at a map, but but it's a it's a ways inland. I mean, I I would think within reason you could. Yeah. No. No worries. No worries. I just I'm just saying. Um, beautiful. It's again very beautiful. Little little, little cloudy. Little cloudy. Um, Hazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So you have um. So at the very end of it here, King Kong surfaces to the top of the water and then swims back to his island. Versus Godzilla isn't seen, but it is probably like presumed that he's still there. Uh, so, um. So that's the first. So, so King the, Kong can swim. So King Kong can swim, yes. Long distances. Very much so. Very cool. Um, so the second movie, which is King Kong Escapes. Um, so remember when we were talking about Godzilla and we were talking about, and you looked at me funny when I said there was a Mecha Godzilla? Yeah. Well, how would you like to know that almost six years before there was a Mecha Godzilla, there was a Mecha King Kong? Okay, so who drives that suit? I don't know. So, um,. Apparently, in King Kong, I, I, I mean, I see a tie-in potentially with Planet of the Apes, but potentially in the future, yeah, yeah. Um, so, in King Kong Escapes, apparently there's Mecha Godzilla, or excuse me, Mecha King Kong, and I apologize, I'll make that mistake here. Yeah, um, that is digging underneath the North Pole to get some sort of element X. When the element X is radiation, kind of. Fries the circuitry of the Mecha, God, Mecha King Kong, who starts going on a rampage, and so they scoop up King Kong, thinking, "Oh, well, we can get him to keep digging in the North Pole to get what we need at the end of the day." Um, and then they fight in the North Pole. So King Kong and Mecha King Kong fight. Fight in the North Pole. What time period was this done in? Nineteen sixty-seven. I know, right? That's it's 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 interesting. Mm-hmm. Because King Kong during the sixties, I would tell you, was very retro. Yes. Oh no! Again, I, I, I it's hard for me to say because it's extremely retro for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the CGI, uh, the the special effects don't hold up for me necessarily. But I mean, oh, it's 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 stilted to the point of being very cliche. Yeah. But but considering the time period in which it was done and and from the vantage point of somebody who first saw it in the 60s, not bad. Actually a pretty decent effort. No, oh, yeah. It and, hadn't been done before. No. And and again, I mean, for what it was, it's more than serviceable at the time. I mean, like it's amazing in the stop motion animation to generate it here is you know for for what it is you know is Oscar you see Fay Ray in King Kong's hand mm-hmm. the model set for that was amazing apparently yeah yeah um, <laughs> used to be able to see it at Universal Studios yes yeah until the, until the fire yeah although they are in the process of rebuilding it so so you knew that you could see it yes yeah yeah because I remember we, we we've, we've done that tour before oh yeah that's right yeah, so in Universal yeah. Studios Hollywood, we did the tour, which has the, which had the King Kong exhibit in it. So we were able to um, travel past it and see it. Yeah, we also got to visit the Adams Family House for for, for again. I thought it was really cool because it was Adams Family. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, yeah, it's still a very cool tour at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so again, uh, in King Kong Escape, so so we're back in. So somehow or another, they get to you know. Mecha King Kong flies off, and they trans. And King Kong then swims to Tokyo <laughs> to 
climb up Tokyo Tower. We've been on Tokyo Tower. Yes. And fight there. And so he beats um, Mecha King Kong and then swims uh, back to his island. It's also the first movie in which King Kong kind of has a handler. Now, this is a Toei movie? This is a Toei movie. Okay. And, and I have to say, I was so impressed with the, the Toei Studios. That was that was actually a really cool experience. Oh, they, yeah. They did a lot. Well, it's it's interesting that it's a that it's a literal studio that's filming still there a lot of productions and a lot of shows over there but that a lot of the facilities there are very much of a literally walk right up to the set sort of thing here at the end of the day yeah. like, again the amount of I mean even just like their their like not art exhibit but the kind of their historical sort of wing right. that they had there was yeah. very well done and referenced a lot of their movies as well as uh, some American movies as well to kind of line up the timeline for some of that. And they get and they gave you because there was a Tom Cruise movie, um, the last uh, the last samurai samurai, and a couple of other things where portions were filmed, mm-hmm. and um, and it was it was really interesting. But it, probably the most interesting because because Universal Studios used to offer the same thing. They used to have Western sets that you could, uh, they, they would drive you through the middle of, mm-hmm. um, and things. Um, but this one had a, a, a Japanese village town, and they explained to you how they changed it. So it had asphalt like a roadway, and when they were filming a Western, they just cover it with dirt. They just bring in dirt, and and cover cover the roadway so that it looked like it was dirt. And then when they were done. They scoop up the dirt, and you had the asphalt, and you could do a more modern thing. And they would change out the signs. Yeah, so they it would was change, fascinating. You would change out the signs and some of the set decorations for it, but then they would also, you know, they might have more stones on the ground or more dirt on the ground to signify for it. I also love the fact that you would have like the basements and the roof and, and like the top portion of it in the same house, just depending on like where the camera was filming at, dependingly. Yeah. Um, even there, the bridge. Yeah. The bridge to nowhere. That the bridge literally, to nowhere. You know, that is basically just like, you know, is this like supposed to be, it's supposed to be this like huge, massive spanning bridge. Um, it's an optical illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, even their port as well. Yeah. You know, they could put boats, they could they could put boats inside to make the port look much bigger than it really is. It It's one of those things now where I kind of want to go pull up these series and kind of like, look at them and see like ah now i see the bridge or now i see the port you yeah know? And that's again, what it looks like here yeah no so so toei was toei was impressive and and the fact that they did a couple king kong movies doesn't surprise me since they are you know, power rangers and a number of other um suits suit related you know stuff stuff yeah that's that's funny mm-hmm. okay cool so then so we in the west don't get another king kong movie ourselves or make another one for nearly 50 years, not until 1976, which is the one you were talking about yeah, here. Yeah. Um, now, it's almost, and now this is the done by Paramount Pictures and Dina, Dino de Lazarius. So, actually, to go back a little bit. Uh-huh. So, 1962, RKO um, licensed the rights of King Kong to Toei, which starts a lawsuit with Cooper. So Cooper believed that because he wrote the story for King Kong, um, the screenplay and all that other uh, elements of it here, that he owned the rights to King Kong at the end of the day. However, in the span of him going to war um, in World War II, and when they sold the when they licensed the rights to King Kong to Toei, um, he had lost some of his original documentation. That he had. So unfortunately, even though he had testimony of other people that would back him up at the end of the day, and he had lots and lots of other documentation here at the end of the day, um, it was unfortunately that unfortunately it was not enough for the court, and so they ruled in the favor of RKO at the end of the day to you know saying that they technically owned the rights here. Now, when we get to 1976 here, though. Um, it's Universal Studios who believes that they've actually purchased the rights from RKO General, which is the company that kind of, li- you know, took over the holding of all the licenses, licenses for yeah. 
RKO after it folded in um, in actually around 1962, 1965 or so, I want to say, right around okay. there. Um, and so they were actually suing Paramount Pictures and um, and the person who did it here, which is, again, um, Laurentis, excuse me. Laurentis, yeah. De Laurentis, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they were suing, you know, they were suing them over the rights here and Cooper also got involved, the estate of the Cooper also got along, uh, got involved in that as well. Um, eventually what ended up, what ended up happening was, is that they said that the rights to King Kong had been in the public for so long that they were public now domain. public domain initially. Yeah. Um, and that was in 1975. Now, come a year later, the same judge who was a part of that original case ended up saying, well, you know what? After reviewing all this documentation and other stuff here, actually, it, so originally the idea was you could make a King Kong movie without infringing on the original King 1970, 1990, 1933 version of it here. So, and the intention for, um, for, the, for the 1976 version was a remake, but more modern. Right. Um, and so in 1976, they ruled that the Cooper estate actually owns the rights to the screenplay, the original story, and the character of King Kong, as well as its name, uh, which was eventually sold to Universal Studios at the end of the day, which now means that Universal Studios should own all the rights to um, the King Kong franchise here. Yeah, you know, just the Cooper Cooper Estate get compensated for any of it. Yeah, they they sold the rights. Uh, they sold okay. the rights to Universal Studios. Okay. So, uh, so nineteen seventy six is again a fairly like faithful re- re- you know retelling of the story, it, it, except it, in nineteen seventy six. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because it is the original movie all over again. Mm-hmm. Now, but instead of going up the Empire State Building, it's the World Trade Center, I believe, right? Yeah. So. But again, I mean, like, theoretically the same movie. Yeah. Um, and then there is King Kong Lives in 1986. Not a successful thing. No. Um, do you want to hear the premise? Sure, because I remember it bombing. Oh yes. It was supposed to have these. It was supposed to have really, really good um, animation. Or not animation, no, but uh, special effects. Effects, yeah. And, and I'm going to guess it did not. I don't recall. Okay. So, um, apparently after King Kong gets shot at the end of the 1976 version, he's apparently still alive, but being, like, kept on ice and in a coma, essentially. Um, and they're trying to keep him from dying, and the way they're, try- they're going to keep him from dying is they're going to put a uh, mechanical heart inside him to replace his heart that got shot. Shot. Okay. Um, however, in order to do that, they need to give him a blood transfusion because he's lost too much. He'll lose too much blood in the process here. And so in order to do that, they go and find... Now, mind you, this version of King Kong comes from Borneo, apparently. Okay. Don't know why. Because you have to go back to Borneo and find another ape King Kong size to give him a blood transfusion. Yes, and yeah. they do. And guess who they find? They they find a Lady Kong. Oh, of course. Hashtag... <laughs> Hashtag feminism. Bride of Frankenstein. Hashtag feminism. Yes. Um, so the entire element goes fine. They get, you know, like, I, it's really hard to parse what actually happens in the movie, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. when reading on a Wikipedia, it's a little scatterbrained. The ending of the movie is basically is that um, King Kong eventually dies, unfortunately, at the very end of the movie, but... Lady Kong gives birth to their son, who now her and their son go back to Borneo and lead a happy life at the end of the day and never heard from again. Okay. So so you still have the possibility of yet another King Kong, Kong movie mm-hmm. because uh, you have a son. Yes, you do. You have a son. Okay. So flash forward about 20 years later, we haven't had a King Kong movie at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, until we get to the Peter Jackson 2005 remake of the 1990, 1933 movie. Yes, which also didn't do well, from what I recall. It was well-received by critics, but it's a three-hour movie. And a lot of the movie focuses on um, what is the filming of King Kong at the end of the day. Um, so you have a lot, you know, so it's not entirely about 
King Kong so much is about the humans getting to King Kong and filming him here at that point, which I think is part of the problem of that of the 2005 uh, uh, Peter Jackson version at the end of the day. Um, again, for, for all the critics, you know, praised the acting and praised uh, the special effects at the end of the day, and they, everyone all kind of agrees that it's a, you know, it's a great triumph of a movie. Again, just that it was not well received by fans at the end of the, by by the populace at the end of the day, I guess is the best way to say it. It didn't have Jessica Lang in it. Jessica Lang would have been a little bit older though. Yeah. She was still doing stuff. There's a number of you know, it has like Jack Black and a couple other So it has it, some names. It has it has quite a number of names to it actually, so um but again, just not a not a well not a well received movie at the end of the day. I, yeah, I don't remember it doing well in the box office. Um, so then you got to wait about another twelve years for another King Kong movie, and this is now uh, Legendary's turn at Kong Skull Island. And so this is a part of what Legendary's MonsterVerse is again. So this is starting back in with the two thousand fourteen Godzilla movie here, mm-hmm. um, because it features Monarch. Monarch is back. Oh, Monarch is back. Oh, my favorite little butterfly. Yes, yeah, so Monarch is so Monarch is back and they are um in, there's a quite a number of names on this here. You've got um Tom Hiddleston, Samuel Jackson. Ooh. Um uh, Oh my goodness, I can't remember his name. Um it's the big guy from Roseanne, the dad. Oh, uh Goodman. Yeah, John Goodman. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's and uh, some you know and this, mind you, this is like Tom Hiddleston after he's done uh, Thor as uh, one of the Thor movies here as well. Yeah. So very you know a very good pickup at the end of the day. I think. Well, Monarch's day. an interesting little organization because it's sort of half environmentalist and half you know it's got some some interesting nuances to it. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's it's an it's an interesting thing here at the end of the day. So I'm, I'll be curious. So it's going to be a part of our of our homework here this week oh, okay. is, two, is the 2017 Kong Skull Island. Okay. Um, so I'd be curious to see who pops into it from the Godzilla movies. Yeah. So a very curious in that particular portion of it here. Um, for that, so um, basically what happens here is that Samuel Jackson's team accidentally finds the island in which Monarch, in which Tom Hiddleston is a tracker of sorts um, who's also there as well with another team trying to just find King Kong um, at this point to see if he even exists. And the reason, and originally the island actually was full of King Kong-like apes at one point, um, but they're apparently being killed off by what they're calling these skull crawlers, which I guess are monsters that live inside the Skull Mountain that come out and have killed the various King Kongs over the lifetime. Um... So I don't want to talk about it a whole lot um, necessarily. Because we're going to watch it. To, to watch yeah. it. Um, although what I will say in the very, as a, uh, as a, um, you know how like the Marvel films have like that little last bit at the very end of the movies where like after the initial set of credits. Easter like, egg. Yeah, like Easter eggs or, uh, or post credit sort of little bit there yeah. where like they drop something. Always watch. Always watch those. Always in the watch movies. those. Um, they drop Godzilla versus God uh, King Ghidra Ooh. at the very end there. So they were they were so they they already knew they already knew and they were you know so they were dropping what was like going to happen two years later. So they already knew. Okay. Yeah, so they were probably already in production too for that. Yeah, um, and then obviously now we have Godzilla versus King Kong. So I'm very curious um, what that's going to look like here. Um, because um, again, in I the, will say Marvel does it well. It's the, the Marvel's done a really good job of it because they know kind of their target audience. They know that I think the big, as a sidetrack here, what's what's made the Marvel movies really successful is that you don't have to be a Marvel fan to watch the movies. You could be you, me. You can, you can watch the movies yeah. on their own, but if you watch the movies and you watch the other movies, you feel rewarded that oh yeah, I remember that. I know this story. Yeah, or oh yeah, I remember who he is, or like oh my goodness he. He's here in this movie now, or like 
maybe you oh, catch. Oh, so that's how that works here. And, and you can do, and create some cross meaning that is special to people who do follow. Yeah. And so for what would be an average audience who is not comic book fans at the end yeah. of the day, like myself, um, you feel rewarded by seeing all these different connections and how that lines up with this and how that interacts with this. Uh, versus me, when I go watch it, I look for all the little itsy-pitsy, little, tiny little details. There's like, you know, when, again, when Captain America leans over to the agents and says, like, Hail Hydra. And I'm just like, <gasps> I know what that's in reference to because that's reference to a recent comic book thing in which Captain Captain America was, re, was brought back to life as a Hydra agent. Yeah. So, like... There's cool, there's cool little elements like that that are in there where and you're, you're like, totally over my head. Yeah, and and again, for a lot of people, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But from a, you know, if you're reading the comics, it makes it. It's like builds loyalty the, with your fans. There's, there's only, something special just for them. Well, not only does it, I think, does it build loyalty with your fans, but it's also just one of those nice little rewarding sort of features at the end of the day where you're just like, for everybody else, it'll just be like, oh, because Captain America already knows they're a part of Agents of Hydra, he knows that not to trust him in general. You know, and so he knows what will get their, um, what will get their attention and will get them yeah. to trust him at the end of the day versus, you know, versus me where I'm just like, oh, they're referencing the comic books again. Yeah. You know, good job, guys. Yeah. Um, you know, in settlements like that. And again, Tom Hiddleston, Loki has a new series coming out on Disney Plus later on this summer that's going to be based off the events of Endgame. I saw that. that I'm, look, I'm looking. I hope looks, we do that. We will be doing that. We also okay. will be doing, um, I believe we're on episode five right now, but we should be ep- finishing up episode six here next week will be um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh-huh. Um, so there's that series going on as well on Disney+. Plus. So we'll, we have we have topics coming up, rather. So so just as a as sort of an off-topic question, but, but there's a lot of content coming out right now um, in episodes. Mm-hmm. And and how much of that is pandemic driven, or or it must have already been scheduled prior. It's just driven by how we watch TV now, I guess. I think part of it is based off how we watch TV. Now, keep in mind that the because um... short series seem to be a thing, and the, and and what I notice about the short series is you watch them once. You probably don't watch the Queen's Gambit a second time. Well, I think what you can get through there, especially in a TV series, is that you could tell, you know, for so Queen's Gambit is about seven, eight episodes, I want to say, right? Yeah. Something around there. Yeah. You could binge it one weekend. You, oh, and, and, and have. Yeah. Um, I think in the nature, I think in that particular nature here is that um, it's... But WandaVision as well. Yeah. WandaVision was, a, was 10 episodes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be... Uh, six episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously, it was supposed to start the phase four of MCU, um, followed by uh, Scarlet Witch and the, or excuse yeah. me, um, um, uh, Black Widow here. Then by Scarlet Witch here, uh, Wanda excuse me, WandaVision. Then, um, but obviously due to the pandemic, they wanted to hold out on releasing what would be you know a big movie and theoretically less hurrah for. Scarlett Johansson in the Marvel Universe until on film because you're going to get a yeah. lot of payday for that yeah. versus if you're just leaving on releasing on a streaming service, but you, then you yeah. hold it in the can for too long and then it becomes an issue. Yeah. Um, in the case of the TV series, I think you you know, and you can say it as well with like the Mandalorian. Even I think that there's a lot of stories that are, you know, if we look if we just look back to comic books in general, if we just take that as a base mark here, you know. These stories that happen in, in, like, you know, in the movies are amalgamations of different events that have happened, but usually they all, you know, so they're in there very highly condensed at the end of the day. Versus in a comic book, you know, you might be going through the story for the better part of a couple months in some cases. So it's more fleshed out, and this is just sort of a... a yes. But, but, I mean, that, that that's not unlike, you know, a lot of movies. You go see different versions of a Jane Austen movie. The Pride mm-hmm. and Prejudice is probably a good example. I've seen like five versions of Pride and Prejudice, including Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. My favorite version. Uh, yeah, my, mine as well. Um, and they they have to condense it down, and it's always interesting between which versions leave out what, um, because there's no way that you can do the whole thing unless you're a BBB, uh, BBC series. Yeah. And and doing it in in you know seven eight installments, so um, 
and, and that I think part it, I get. And I think it's also, a, especially when it comes to the TV series as of late right now, that I think it's a really great way of buying people into your service. Yeah, it, 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 I wonder, you know, an, an example of that would be um, uh, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. which I think was such a such a big thing and people were just waiting with bated breaths for the next season to come out. Um, it, but again, not something you watch twice. I, I think it is something you can watch twice, especially, or at least, at it's least twice. It's such an obligation. Yeah, because you're, you're basically asking somebody to watch what is the better portion of you know, 70, 76 hours worth of material. Yeah. yeah. When realistically, you might only have time to watch like maybe two, three episodes in a day. Well, you, you started over, then you, you're starting something over that's going to, you know, take you three, four months to get through. Yeah. Or, or it's, I mean, I think it would be doable within an entire month. I mean, like if you yeah. were to, you know, just watch three episodes every single day yeah. Yeah. on the weekdays, you could get through it in about five weeks or so. Yeah, um, I'm famous right now. I'm watch rewatching Billions um, because the fifth season came out, and I want to watch the fifth season, but I want to remember everything that happened in between then. So I kind of have to rewatch the entire thing to get there um, because it's been almost like a good two years since I watched season four. Yeah, and I know all the I know all the major points that happened in season four, but I kind of got to want to I want to watch it all together so that way I get the impact of when season five stuff happens. Yeah, so I mean I. I it just is an interesting sort of thing. Tangy, Be- yeah. Yeah, because we're we're not going to the theaters, and so we're having to do our entertainment in, in other forms. And I see a lot of seasons. I want to start Yellowstone because I understand it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think how we view things is different, and I wonder how how much um, this year will change how we view things in the future. It'll be it'll be an interesting thing. Well, I think I think there's a really great payoff in the notion that. Um, especially from a TV series sort of thing here. So a really good example here is The Boys, is an Amazon TV series um, based off of what is kind of a much darker version of superheroes. And what's really interesting about that is there's a lot of people in there with no name recognition at all. Yeah. And I think what really good, I think what the option right now for these TV series really is to be able to you know, especially in a long-running franchise, in, in series that you would like to keep going for a long period of time, that you can bring on these actors to play these roles for year. You know, for, they're, well, they're willing to take that obligation. Yeah. yeah, and it's a good steady paycheck at the end of the day yeah. as well. I mean, like it's one of those things here, especially when you do Game of Thrones, that you will probably film Game of Thrones for the next for the better part of you know four or five months, maybe depending on. You know who you're filming with, and then you know where you're filming at. Because again, yeah. I mean, like they 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 did a lot they, of locations. Yeah, yeah, I mean, famously, um, Daenerys here never met her other co-stars until like it didn't never actually acted with her other fellow co-stars for year for years in some cases because her stuff was always on the other continent, and they were always filming in I think Morocco initially. Well, I've, I've been actually to to one of the sites in Morocco that they filmed at. Yeah, so Ben Adadou, which if anybody ever gets to go to Morocco, go to Ben Adadou, um, because it's where Gladiator and Game of Thrones and just a whole list of things were filmed, and it is like stepping back in time. Yeah, and again, so she's in Morocco. Other people are in um, Scotland at the end of the day, and then you've got. Other- we're going to the castle in Scotland. Nice. <laughs> the one, the one that is um, where the wall is. Oh. Yeah, we're going to that castle. It's also used in uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail and a couple of other things. Um, so we are going to that castle. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in an episode, I mean, and again, now keep in mind here, like, for me, I didn't know a lot of those actors in it. Some of the older actors I did know prior in Game of Thrones, yeah. but a lot of the younger actors, you know, like, you know, whoever played Jon Snow, like, I'm curious to see what he plays next. You know, yeah. the person who's playing Daenerys has played a whole bunch of other stuff here. I've seen her in other stuff. Yeah. She looks completely different. Yeah, it's it's like night and day. Cause yeah. You, I saw her in, like, the Terminator movie with, like, brown hair. I was just like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah, no, she's in, she's in actually one of my, my favorite movies, which is uh, uh, Me Before You. Um, Sansa is also uh, Jean Grey in X Men, mm-hmm. in some of the re- in the new X Men movies here. So that's an interesting, you know, again, yeah. another interesting yeah. turn here. And again, 
those characters have, you know, those actors now have got clout and say, like, oh, yeah, I was in Game of Thrones. I was, a, yeah. you know, it's, that gives you more leverage going forward in a lot of those cases as well. Yeah. So I, I think episodic TV, I think, especially as we, especially as it is right now, is looking to be able to tell those more interesting stories. I mean, like, you look at, I, I think this goes well before this at all in a lot of cases. I think this really goes back to HBO. Yeah. When you go back to a lot of their series like Oz and Prison Break and a lot of these other, yeah. you know, big high concept shows that spent Orange a, is the New Black. Yeah, and a lot of you spend a lot of money on these shows, and you can see series in like FX and The Walking Dead. You know, like yeah. clearly there's a market for these TV shows where people want a higher budget and you know a more not necessarily an episodic show, but more of a um, story driven show at the end of the day. Yeah. And because there's a market for it, people will want it. Will, yeah. will gravitate toward it at the yeah. end of the day, um, naturally. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's why we get a lot. We're getting a lot more of these series. And I think it's just the fact that now you've got major players like Disney on board with it here, and especially in the case of the Marvel franchises, you know, famously, Fox had wanted to make a lot. They wanted to make a live action syndicated or a live action um, X Men. TV series for years because it, yeah. it would lead itself yeah. very clearly for episodic television. Yeah. Um, but uh, Marvel would not give them the rights in, initially. You had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which was not an X-Men series. So that's all done by Marvel. We're talking back way back in the early 90s, okay. in the mid-90s. Well, here. yeah, not X-Men. I'm just saying that's... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but going back to Godzilla okay. here. Okay. Or, excuse maybe me, maybe we'll Kong. get a King Kong series. King, King Kong. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Interesting. You get the son and the mom out on the island. So, um, so we're not going to talk about Godzilla versus King Kong because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it is on our watch list here, so yeah. we'll fire up ways to watch it. Um, but if we come back to King Kong here. Um, King Kong is in a lot of pop culture. For oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, um, I can remember plenty of allusions to King Kong in like The Simpsons, Futurama, even the Muppets. Even I can yeah. remember the scenes in my head uh, and there's even you know some live action movies that have done that have played off of well I, I remember um, uh, the nutty professor mm -hmm. had has a scene where like apparently like he grows to be like King Kong size and is rampaging through a building or through the downtown of his area uh, but did you know there's two that there's a video game franchise that almost is based off of King Kong Donkey Kong yes Oh, and I, yeah. So Donkey Kong, um, the way so the way Donkey Kong originally came up was is that Nintendo had this arcade cabinet, which was a fairly standard arcade cabinet back in the day that they had uh, set up for a game called Radar Scope. But Radar Scope didn't do very well, so they asked um, at the time who was just a junior engineer um, or a junior uh, production engineer by the name of uh, I believe it's Shigeru Miyamoto. I believe is his name. Uh huh. Guy who created Mario and was super super big in in, in uh, Nintendo here. Think of him like uh, Walt Disney of Nintendo. Oh, okay. You know, um, is, is the R Imagineer. Yeah. Um, so he originally wanted to make a game based off of Popeye originally, but couldn't get the license to Popeye, and so then decided to try to make a game off of uh, King Kong. And you see that kind of in the game where there you have the lead title character, which was originally known as Jumpman, later mm -hmm. Mario, mm -hmm. um, is basically climbing what is like girders and construction beams uh, to try to chase against this giant monkey, which is twice, four times the size of him, as him, who's carrying uh, Pauline with him, or his yeah. girlfriend at least. Yeah. Um, and the effort of the game is really to climb up, you know, the girders, avoiding the barrels along the way that he's throwing at you in order to get to, you know, your girlfriend at the end of the day. And, the, and again, they actually wound up against uh, lawsuits from Universal as well. Because, yeah. again, Universal owning the rights to King Kong. Yeah. Um, and even the name Donkey Kong was meant to be stubborn, meant to be an idea of, oh, a stubborn gorilla. Yeah. You know, donkeys being notoriously... Uh, Skittish Stuff, like yeah. that. Um, and so um, eventually after the court cases in 1982, eventually it was figured out that King Kong was kind of in a public domain 
and that Nintendo really wasn't using the King Kong uh, branding at the end of the day, but using the same ideas, essentially. And so they weren't necessarily infringing on that at all, because it's not a giant monkey climbing a building, it's a giant monkey climbing a construction of a building. And it's not even, and <laughs> that's, it's not, a, that's, a, that's a fine point. And it's not even really a giant monkey, it's just like a, you know, twice the size of what would be a human monkey. He's, he's more ape-like. Yeah, it's a tip. He is more ape-like. Yeah, and, and, and again, very much an ape-like. And again, it's not till we get to like kind of the... So in the 80s, he was very much a, the villain of the series in a lot of cases. Um, and it's not until the 90s in which he got reimagined as a father with a bunch of other Donkey Kong or other monkey relatives and he's in the very popular video game franchise that um, basically dig almost digitized 3D uh, animation in a, in a certain yeah. way. Um, so That's cool. Yeah, so you have Donkey Kong. Um, the other one you have which I, I think is actually more almost poignant to it here is called Rampage. So Rampage was a 1986 game where you uh, got to choose one of three different characters. You got to choose a um dragon lizard kaiju inspired uh creature called um uh, i believe they called it lizzie mm -hmm. uh you had a were giant werewolf named ralph i like that um and you had a king kong like gorilla named george <laughs> well you get curious george yes it's a monkey but yeah, yeah chimpanzee it, it, they, were, they were very they were the again they were very clever they were very clever silly names yeah um and the objective of the game was to literally destroy buildings, eat people, and, you know, tear down a city. Yeah. Um, all while trying to avoid the military that's trying to shoot you down and other stuff like that. So, um, and they've made a couple different variations of the game over the years as new technology has come out. Um, I think the one I know from the the mid you know, the late 80s, mid-90s, I think is the one I know primarily. Um, but they've also made... A movie out of it in 2018. Is this Wreck-It Ralph? No, 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 no. no, no. This, is, this is Rampage. Oh, okay, Rampage. And, um, okay. Starring The Rock. Oh, really? Starring uh, Rock the uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, who is a former Army Ranger who has turned um, zoologist who is uh, caring for a albino Western lowland gorilla because they specify it, who also knows sign language. Oh, of course. Named George. Yeah, of course. Um, somehow the monkey gets um, something. They're, they're testing something in space which is designed to do uh, certain, uh, for certain uh, objectives at the end of the day. They're doing research in space. Uh -huh. And um, so a rogue meteorite hits the, hits the station where they're doing the experience on and launches this toxin down onto the planet. One of them gets hit by George, which increases his size to King Kong stature. Uh-huh. Um, and does the same thing for a lizard and a wolf as well. And so the rock, through sign language, tells George what to do to go beat up the monsters. That's cute. So, it, again, and it was a very cute movie as well. I mean, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I would have included it on here, but again, it's not King Kong. It's not King Kong, yeah. It's not King Kong in it's, these days. It's King, King Kong, Kong adjacent. Yes, that's the exact word I wanted to use for yeah. that. Um so again, a little bit of a shorter episode here today because there's not as much on King Kong necessarily as there is um, Godzilla. Godzilla, yeah. yeah. I mean, Godzilla's got a lot of history behind it um, in a lot of um, uh, allusions to metaphors and historical events kind of tied to it as well. King Kong's just, from all extensive reading here, is just about a monkey climbing a building and, you know, just about a, a guy, just about a monkey climbing a building. And holding on to a beautiful woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As all guys would like to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, they faint oh. in the hand. Yeah. So, um, so this will be a slightly smaller episode, but again, our homework here for this week is going to be um, Kong on Skull Island, which is available on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, it's about like four bucks to rent it. Yeah. Um, and then Godzilla versus Kong. Now, again, when we come back next week here, um, it will be a spoiler episode for that particular case because we yeah. will be talking about... Godzilla versus King Kong, which will still theoretically be in theaters. Yeah. Um, so, but by the time you were hearing this, you'll it'll have been at least three, four weeks potentially. So you it, you had a chance. You had you, you had, had your moment. Chance. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we're gonna post all these notes on our website here at the nerdtutorialpodcast.com. 
We also have our Facebook Facebook group as well, where we follow, um, keep on the conversation essentially, and that's going to be that's going to be at, at facebook.com forward slash or facebook.com slash forward slash nerd tutorial podcast, all is one word. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter or any of the other topics that we're discussing on Twitter, or see any of the other previous topics and any updates that we have on those, you can visit us at. Uh, on Twitter at nerd underscore tutorial and drop me a line there and let me know. And if you even have ideas for future episodes, I got somebody sent me an idea for a future episode. Oh, very good. And I have a lot of homework to do on that to get what I want to do on it to work. Okay. Because I will need a really, a, well, I, my webcam should work for it ideally. Okay. So, um, so there is that. But um, for now, we do hope that you stay safe out there in these weird times. And we'll see you guys again next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.